1: Fashionably late this morning, just adds to the drama from a dramatic weekend. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Ryan Snyder, and Sean Fitz with me on the BWI live show. Recruiting and football reaction from Saturday. Penn State wins uh, a walk off fashion, basically, over Indiana. We're going to get into the game. We're going to get into the players that were there and the implications of some of those players for the future of Penn State football. But as always, we're getting to your questions in the chat. Greg Fischel is here early. Um he I made the joke, took a question from him on the live show on Saturday and I said I said, "Well, Greg," and I didn't know if we were friends enough because it was Gregory Fischel on the uh, show to call him Greg. But Greg is here. He has uh, he has a question we'll get to a little bit later because I want to get to our experts and their thoughts to start off the show of what they saw and their feelings from the game on Saturday. So Fitz, I want to start with you. Off the top thoughts about that game. I know your instant reaction was nonplussed. Anything changed from that since after the game?
2: Yeah, I'm a little more plused now. Um, looking at the the recap uh, look, or looking at the game again. I mean, there were some good things in there, which you know, there's been a lot of just like a lot of nothing, uh, especially on the offensive side of the, well, almost exclusively on the offensive side of the ball. Um, But they did do some nice things that would be encouraging if you're continuing to build this. And I know we're eight games in, so you're not really looking at the building stage, especially with Michigan two weeks away. Um, But they did do some nice things. Glad they got the interception out of the way. Tired of hearing about that. Whether that means anything or not, I don't know. But it seemed to open up some things, uh, you know, a couple plays later with a touchdown. So some... Tiny positives, you know, some steps forward. Um, So the more you look at it, the more you're okay with it. Now, you shouldn't need that against Indiana, of course. Um, You know, Indiana is not a good football team, although – played better on Saturday than I think anyone that watched any tape on Indiana this year would have would have seen, um, especially the receivers kind of came out and, and and did some things like that we did not expect. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't need that or you don't want to need that against Indiana, but it's nice to see these these responses. Uh, you know, we talked all week about Ohio or all week leading up to Ohio State. You had to make the extra play. Penn State went out and did that. And, you know, re- regardless of the competition, stepping up and making those plays when it counts is, is something that mattered. And on top of that, Penn State's defense has been, great to elite all season long. They were not on Saturday and for Penn state to be able to sort of pivot and spin on their head. They were, they were able to do some nice things. So overall, obviously a disappointment in terms of a nine point win when you're a 31 point favorite, that, that is one column, but then the same thing, I think they made some, some little strides that are that are positives.
1: Yeah. I think something Nate, and i were talking about nate bauer of course senior editor of blue white illustrated great time to remind you sign up for bluewhiteillustrated.com get inside access uh all of my thoughts really are going to be in t frank's film room we've got one up right now by the passing game run game coming up later but insights from everybody on sunday you can get bluewhiteillustrated.com if you sign up right now and get all of that insight Uh, Nate brought this up that they haven't had a whole lot of close games they haven't had a whole lot of games that have been into the fourth quarter where they've had to go and win it in a clutch situation we finally had a situation where we saw them do that on Saturday against Indiana yeah but like there's a a check off a box of a thing we haven't seen from them in a while Ryan I want to come to you your high level thoughts on Penn State Indiana and your observations from the game.
3: We'll give Indiana credit because they came and played their best game of the year so far, I thought. And I know it was a loss, uh, you know, taken away. Look, they barely beat Akron. What was the other one? Indiana State. And if, if you look yep. at their big tech games, uh, this was their, their best game of the year. And, and hey, man, college football, like, we talk, you know, obviously we do used to do the gambling thing all the time. Like, when teams are losing and losing and losing, like, they're bound to break through at some point. And I felt like Indiana, like, this was the game that they, they really – um you know, stepped up their, stepped up their game. Now, at the same time, Penn State's defense, secondary, certainly had my attention. I felt like, I mean, Zaki Wheatley had a, a big mistake there. Yeah, KJ Winston coming up, um, you know, especially on a cornerback blitz with Johnny Dixon allowing that other touchdown. I mean, there's just some things we haven't seen uh, from this defense this year. That certainly stood out a bit to me, and that, that needs to get worked on. But Aller responding when we haven't had to see him respond in a moment yet right and and yeah for the most part all year we wondered okay what's going to happen uh when he needs to step up and make a play and he did that and i think that's big and and i know a lot of people right now are are you know lukewarm on drew and lukewarm really on the offense overall but when you go back and watch that game we're going to get into drew a little bit so i don't want to get into it all right now but he made some really important throws you know third and 22 a big throw to keandre on third and nine i mean that we can go back and dissect it here a little bit later but um when i watched it again i thought he played better than what i thought when i was watching the game
1: yeah which is always interesting when people you know i think the the pff grade we discussed that ad nauseum on the board but There's a sense of the throws you don't make and the mistakes you don't make that uh, is rolled into that analysis. Even if you're not looking, you know, some of the the plays on third down and some of the dead plays in this offense are an issue. But those aren't all directly tied to the quarterback, even though he has the ball in his hands on almost every single play. Uh, Guys want to tell you about our sponsor of today's show. And that is my perfect franchise. If you're looking to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, maybe you want a side hustle. I'm a side hustler. I, before I started here, Blue White Illustrated had about 14 different jobs. I love the idea of uh, passive income, personally. Uh, maybe it's more direct than passive. You can do a bunch of different things with Andy Ludicky and uh, My Perfect Franchise. He's a franchise consultant with extensive experience placing people like you into the business they were born to manage. And I born isn't even the right word. Uh, that They were... Uh, designed to manage. The work and the things that you you have done throughout your life to gain expertise that other people don't have could land you a lucrative business that will help you determine the future going forward. His services are 100% free. He's here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, uh, check out Blue White Illustrated on the message board or message him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net to get uh, started today. I've enjoyed talking to Andy. I love learning things and learning things about different uh, parts of life that I have no knowledge of whatsoever. So home services are big right now. If you want to get into um, you know, a business remodeling houses with interest rates being as high as they are, this is a great time for you to uh, start investing in that part of your future. There's a whole bunch of different things uh, that you that he's tracking at the same time because he's got experience owning these things himself. And of course, I love the fact that when we met with him, per capita more blue white illustrated message board members have reached out than any other message board or one of the top five within on three and andy has worked uh, with on three for quite a while now so join those people including somebody who was starting a painting franchise at the blue white illustrated family
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW, group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm going to put this question up here because this is kind of jumping off what uh, Ryan just said. And it's also kind of a broad, let's start the conversation around this. Greg asks... Uh, First off, he says, you can call me Greg, and thanks for being frank with me. Drew Aller said schools who recruited him, their negative recruiting pitch was Penn State doesn't develop quarterbacks. Are they right? And do we have the ability to know that yet, Fitz? We got you on mute for some reason.
2: Muted. When you go do the ad thing, uh, yeah, that's when I go (laughs) mute just in case my dogs start barking or something. So, yeah, I'm right back in it. Want to know this week. Anyway, um, that that's been the pitch with Franklin ever since he got here, really. Like you look at he came into Hackenberg, who had the reputation that he had with Bill O'Brien, and then all of a sudden, you know, things did not go well. So that has stuck with him that entire time. I mean, this is nothing new. This is not a situation where you're talking about Joe Moorhead, Ricky Ronnie, Mike Yersich, whatever. It's it's been a thing that hey, Franklin doesn't develop quarterbacks, and it's 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 an easy one to latch on to. I mean, look at our message board. Um, so it, it's a situation where you have to work against that and you have to trust the guy. he obviously trusts Mike Yersich, um, to do that. Um, are they good at developing quarterbacks? I mean, the last three quarterbacks have all been drafted. Like that's, that is something that not every school can say. So like that, that's your counterpoint to that. Now, uh, obviously trace was not an, uh, like a bona fide NFL prospect. Clifford, we thought was going to go undrafted, went in the fifth round. So there are, ca- there are layers and caveats to that, but Penn state has put quarterbacks in the NFL. So, um, some gray area there you know they they, they've had good college quarterbacks which is obviously the name of the game if you're a uh if you're a college coach you want to win football games penn state's won a lot of football games with those guys but at the same time they haven't had a first round pick that this is the guy you know you think you can develop into a first round pick and and you're going to see whether that happens over the next couple of years so so I, i mean i think there's 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 been truth to that like there's i don't think it's a saying a secret like penn state has not developed quarterbacks at the level that other schools in the conference have i mean you look at ohio state where they were at before they started this assembly line of, of quarterback quarterback quarter. You know, they, they have found themselves in a spot where the quarterbacks flock to them. Penn state's not in that spot. Penn state won't be in that spot unless they turn drew into a a high round draft pick. So, so I think there's something to that, but at the same time, I mean, you got to filter out all the the BS that's recruiting. That's not just a Penn state thing. That's not just a quarterback thing. You got to filter all this stuff out. So Penn state has a lot working against it when you're talking about recruiting quarterbacks and, and really that's nothing new.
1: So, uh, Kind of folding in a different element of this, Ryan, to ask you a different question to kind of move the conversation forward. Will Levis playing well on Sunday uh, point or counterpoint to Penn State? And then to what Fitz was saying, like, does the clock really start because they haven't had a guy with NFL talents the same way other than will um, that you can make a tangible difference in the recruiting conversation to the counterpoint of like, look at what this guy became.
3: You had to throw Levis in there, didn't Man, you? Man, I'm you so had, glad you got Levis. Yeah. You had to throw Levis at me, didn't you? Um so what I would say is look, there's only a handful of elite quarterbacks every year. And when we talk about development, when when broadly, when people talk about development, a lot of the guys that are developed and go on to be those first round draft picks are a lot of the same guys who are five stars and elite prospects right off the bat. And Penn State isn't normally getting those guys. Aller is the first one. You know, we go back to Levis. What was Levis? Sean a three star coming out. I mean, yeah. how many offers did he have? A handful before he came in camp to Penn State?
2: It I mean, was he was a-, a he was a secondary option that they got in camp. Like they brought him in for camp. That's where that's where they felt about him. And now obviously. He had some traits. I mean, he did not, he was not a complete quarterback. He had some traits. He had, I think, the top spark score in terms of athleticism, and he had that golden arm that, you know, didn't always know where it was going, but like he had those things. He didn't put it together. He didn't put it together for Kentucky. I mean, no. like, it, right? <laughs> like, they played probably. Atlanta yesterday. Let's calm down a little bit, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, Let's calm that's true. down he, a little he
2: bit. Did, he did I look was really out. happy
3: for Will. We're all oh, happy absolutely.
2: For Will. Will's great, man. Like, that's the thing caught yeah. up in this in this whole thing of being a criticism of Franklin and the offense is that Will's fantastic. Like, he's he's handled this thing like a champ. So, I mean, uh, I, I agree with you. Just to see more, I. I, I said it back in the spring, I personally wouldn't want him as a first round pick, but I, they got him in the second round, right? They got him early yep. in the second mm-hmm. round. I mean, yep. that's, uh, that's worth spending a second round pick on. So those traits that he had, but we've talked too much Levis already. Thanks T Frank for bringing that one up.
1: Sorry. Do, Here's the thing. I haven't even scouting. seen him. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I didn't see and, the game yesterday.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. T. Frank, take it. Far.
1: no I was just gonna say I didn't see the game yesterday and so like I, I threw that out there only seeing the stat line and seeing one highlight which is very Will Levis of boomer bus deep thrower who's gonna find somebody open or he's gonna throw an interception and the high side of variance hit for for the the Titans yesterday so who knows like again that is absolutely a wild roller coaster with Will Levis uh, Steven jumps in here. He says, Drew Aller is responding to coaching he is getting. We need at least a QB coach edition. Uh, if Penn State screws this up, no QB for you. I think the last part there is the correct, like, that is a real thing that we've talked about here on the show. Ryan, um, you know, you went semi-viral with your comments about uh, Drew Aller and how they get the ni- next five-star quarterback is have Drew to be really good. So the stakes are absolutely there with Drew Aller. We're getting very far off of what we we're going to talk about today, but Sean says here, I still believe the team can achieve all of its goals. The adults in the room will have to put them in good spots to play to their strengths. So we're going to get to the that part of the show in just a little bit, but I do want to get to the recruiting breakdown. Players that attended yesterday, of course, you can go check out the full list over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Ryan, coming back to you, uh, name a couple players you found interesting uh, that came to campus and anything you know about their reaction because we're still very early in that part of the phase of the week.
3: Well, now i'm really wondering what i said about aller a couple weeks ago that I went semi-viral i don't that was oh no no, no. There, this is months drink. ago
1: this is months <laughs> oh, okay. ago you just you just said like the next way they get a five-star quarterback is drew plays great and right, right i made a tick tock out of it and it went semi-viral one of oh, our best goodness. anyway good enough
3: okay uh guys right. on campus this week <laughs> well it was about a dozen or so division one players okay and out of those handful or so have a Penn State offer. Penn State had out four new offers this week, so that really kind of uh, increased the overall depth of, of scholarship, guys. I think it was, I want to say nine, about a dozen or so guys who hold an offer, and then, uh, you know, I think it was like 15 or so who actually have a Division one offer all together. Uh, Alex Tash is, is the, certainly the guy who kind of grabs my attention the most. 2025 linebacker at a Latrobe. Latrobe is, is not a school that, you know, often produces Uh, division one talent regularly Uh, good program but not not one that gets those those high you know guys are absolutely going to play fbs level uh second second visit for him he he's one of those guys that picked up an offer this week looking to catch up with him here in the couple coming days Uh, i don't you know haven't haven't caught up with alex yet so that's that's something i need to do here still but uh looks like a pretty good physical linebacker plays well
2: in space Uh, sean i would think he do you think he'd be a mike at penn state I would, I would think a, I mean, a box guy at least. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's a, a Sam guy. So, but I mean, he's 6'2", uh, 210 right now. So that he fits the bill of being a Mike. He's a guy that's, um, I struggle to call him a late riser because it was twenty twenty five. He's, he's been rising lately. He's been a guy that uh, really, when you play at a school like Greater Latrobe, you know, a lot of people are going to say who, who is coming from? Like, why is James Franklin and Terry Smith going to Latrobe? Like, that's not. We a, had
3: that on our message board last week. Did you see that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Um, and uh, so Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State just came in. I think Virginia Virginia Tech in there as well. So um, he, he got on the regional radar, and this one is certainly a head turner for him. Um, he's He's been a guy that, that kind of has blown up this year, has played really solid both sides of the ball, a linebacker running back. So he's been uh, a guy that's, uh, yeah, I think T. Frank just said in the chat, he's been fun to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes those guys will just pop up uh, right under your nose but also out of nowhere and and Tash seems to be one of those guys
3: a couple others T Frank I'll take it there I mean D- Desi Jones coming back in uh, from New Jersey fourth visit now for Penn State uh, three star right now at on three four star in the in the industry rankings and certainly this feels like a receiver that Penn State is going to be very much uh, in the mix with here moving forward like I said this is fourth visit now has some quality offers to Ohio State Texas to name a few and then Many of the regional schools, with Pitt, Rutgers, Syracuse, uh, West Virginia, vatech schools like that. But uh, four visits in, in, in one year, consistently coming to Penn State. I think he's, he's certainly been to Penn State more than any other school so far. Uh, but this feels this, this feels like a player that I think uh, they're going to be in the mix with, with the, for for the long haul. You know, especially throughout the spring, and, and you know we'll see when he when he wants to narrow things down. Uh, a couple others, Jermaine Kinsler. I got to add to hey, another New Ryan. Jersey. Punk. Go ahead.
1: I just want to jump in here and ask a follow-up question uh, because his, his film is pretty split. Receiver, safety. Is he universally seen as a receiver or are some teams recruiting him as a safety? And kind of where do you... Is Penn State keeping the door open for both in this situation? I,
2: I believe wide receiver. Sean, have you heard otherwise on that? Yeah, I, I haven't. I'm, I'm, wide receiver has been almost exclusively from what mm-hmm. from what he tells me. And I, I like him as a wide receiver. Uh, so I'll say this. And it's kind of like we said about Cam Wallace. Like, his defensive stuff is... I mean, I don't, I don't know that he's like a D1 safety, but at the same time, he's like physical, like he can play football, like he can actually play yeah. football. And his size is better than I expected. He's over 5'10". You know, he's sometimes when you're a slot guy listed at 5'10", you're, you might be 5'9", but we've got the the verifieds and he's over 5'10", so that's good to see. But uh, nice nice junior film, I thought. Like uh, Ohio State offered him a couple of weeks ago. Whether that's a committable offer, I don't know. Um, but uh, it's certainly a head turner because Ohio State isn't one that just throws them out, especially if they're sub-regional, you know, New Jersey's not exactly uh where uh, Ohio State likes to go, but like that's still in the in the drivable area, I guess I would say. Um so yeah, I think uh we've we've seen some good stuff from Desi Jones. He's been on campus a number of times. Um I think blue white game as well. So he's he's hit some of those uh uh those 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 hallmark visits was on campus for I believe it was for the West Virginia game, not the whiteout. Um, because Jersey starts a week later. But uh yeah, sure. I I was pleasantly surprised when I put him on the tape this week to check in on him because he's uh, he's a good little player.
1: So who are some of the other guys you were gonna highlight before I interrupted you, Ryan? Sean, you wanna go? You I mean, do you want
3: to that's all you want to talk about? Uh, so with Jermaine Kinsler, I just feel like we have to talk about very interesting 2026 prospect. So T Frank has him there at six, 240. Right. And that's what we had him at coming into the weekend. Well, guess what? That's not the case. Uh, but it kind of in a good way. Um, he's just a little under six, six. So six, we'll, six is pretty legit. It's about six, five and a half, we'll say. Uh, but he's up to 270. Uh, so that certainly Ooh. was kind of one of the big things that grabbed our attention uh, as far as, you know, when gathering information from from different people after the game. I think Penn State likes him as an offensive tackle. Uh, we'll we'll see yeah. here. I'm writing a story on him now. He he, he plays primarily tight end and, and defensive end, uh, but I, I think Penn State, especially when you're talking about a sophomore who has two plus years to to, to go, really three almost full years of high school to go, uh, this is this is a guy who's obviously going to keep growing. So uh, right now, yeah, we have him listed as an edge. I, I don't see that really happening. Maybe he could play defensive line, move inside. Uh, I'm yeah. I trying to get a feel for whether he's in the offensive tackle or not. It's it's kind of too early to say anyway. I think as things progress and depending on where schools recruit him as, that's that's really what uh, will determine things there. But originally from Florida, moved up to New Jersey this year. Has some quality offers. Florida, Miami's visited both of those schools. Visited Rutgers as well. Tennessee's another quality offer that he has. And uh, he was a guy we we thought would probably get an offer coming into to the weekend. So. Uh, another player to keep an eye on there. And then, you know, last two, I'll mention Sean quick is just the twenty twenty seven guys Carter, Carter Bonner and uh, Armin hill, the the I mean, that, that we expected these guys to get offers. Hill's the one we mentioned uh, on Thursday, ran for almost five hundred yards against Hopewell a couple weeks ago. some some really fun film there. Uh, to watch and and see how he progresses. But this is his first big, big offer. Uh, Bonner, I think Bonner had maybe one other offer and then they both have UNLV, I think it is. But uh, watch
2: these guys explode here uh, uh, over the months ahead.
1: Fitz, you want to jump in with any thoughts there?
2: Yeah, uh, Nation Montgomery and Diabelle, both up from Florida, um, got out of town before the weather turned, which I think is a very big positive uh, for them. Um, but good visits for each, return visits for each. This is not the first time either has been on campus. Montgomery, a really, really good player, top 100 receiver. Diabell, the son of Raja Bell, we talked about on the show last week as a guy um, to watch in the 2026 class as a quarterback, really athletic kid, um, good, good player all around. So those two kids, I mean, to come up i know ryan had mentioned that they played i believe thursday night so he had a little bit of a window to to visit so getting those guys up is is certainly encouraging uh long 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 way to go uh with those guys especially on the offensive side of the ball uh, but uh, i think a positive visit for both of those and then going back to the younger guys that that uh ryan mentioned Ormond Hill. um he's he's not the biggest guy but he's also a freshman um carter bonner is kind of a different story that kid's almost six three as a freshman right which. He is—he uh, seems like a dude early, so it's—it's um, uh, it's good to see Penn State getting in on those. Um, James Franklin and Terry Smith were out in Western Pennsylvania last week uh, to make the rounds to check out, you know, Central Catholic and all the the, the usual schools um, that they will go to, but also stopping at Latrobe, stopping uh, at these these other schools. Uh, West Mifflin is where Armond Hill is, so like getting out and about and trying to re- reestablish themselves in Pittsburgh, which. Might be a little bit easier after this weekend with Pat Narduzzi uh, saying what Pat Narduzzi said. T Frank, you threw Levis at us, so I'm going to throw uh, Narduzzi back at you. Fair,
1: fair enough. Yeah, I I I was I'm a, I appreciate Ryan putting the full context out there. I I, fought, I saw your retweet on Twitter. Yeah, that's not that's not great. And then the reaction from his players, it wasn't like his full quote made anyone feel better. About the situation. Yeah, the full and- context
2: was not exactly uh, reassuring. I'll
3: tell Pitt fans that though, man. I mean, there's a ton of them who like think that is a big difference. And sure, I'll, I'll give you a 10, 20% difference,
2: but it's still 80% bad. Yeah. I mean, that's, Ooh, yeah. uh, boy. But here it is. I don't, know. I mean, it's a, that, that, that was, that was really really tough to see. Um uh, there was also a comment in the in the chat about the receivers at Mannheim Township being pretty good. Um Hayden Johnson, the quarterback from Mannheim Township committed to Lehigh, was on campus this weekend as a, you know, a potential walk-on. If Penn State could get him as a walk-on, boy that'd be a good one. Like that would be a really good quarterback uh, to bring into mm-hmm. your system. 40 touchdowns, zero interceptions this year, Ryan. I know you went and saw him in person. For sure.
3: Yeah, I went down there to watch uh Matt Zollers obviously earlier in the year. <laughs>
0: They're
3: just as intrigued with, with Hayden Johnson. Of course, he's he's we've been I mean Hayden's been around for what has he played for three years now, I think. Yeah, he's
2: been he's been at camp. He's been all over the place. He's, he's a six yeah. foot quarterback, so you know, gonna be limited right. in terms of the looks that he gets, but like he's a heck of a player.
3: Great player. And and Manheim Township is a heck of a team too. I mean, we'll I, I, You know, obviously with an away game next week, maybe next week's recruiting pod, we'll, we'll look at, you know, playoffs a little bit and what's going on here in, in PIAA, but uh, Manhattan Township is going to be, they, they're going to be a serious player, uh, not only in District 3, but but probably the all, all of states.
1: Uh, we have a celebrity in the chat, uh, Nate Boyer, joining us today. Longtime Hi, viewer. Here. Just want to let you guys know. Love your content. Keep it up. Always appreciate it when we have important people in the chat, including uh, Night Raven, who was a regular here a couple years ago. Hasn't been able to get on a live show. Just wanted to say what's up. Glad he's here. Six foot three is a freshman, he says, talking about uh, some of the players we just talked about. Could end up being Andre the Giant. Some people just straight up stopped growing in 10th grade. I don't know anything about that, but, you know, it would have been good to be 6'3 before you stopped growing. Uh, when When we're talking about Armand Hill, though, guys, The running back, I I made the joke, is is J1 Sider going to be done recruiting because he's all the way out to 2026? 2027, for a position as physically important from a measurement standpoint, how does that offer and how does that relationship grow and change as we learn more? Because it seems like that's one where 26, okay, Messiah Mickens is a big kid. Like, there's a lot of things that we see already from a measurement perspective that are going to translate. 27, though, 2027, like, how do you guys view that offer and that conversation, despite the fact that Armand Hill had a very good uh, showing a couple weeks ago, Ryan?
3: The same way I viewed 2026 offers last year and 2025 offers a <laughs> year before. I mean, young guys, right, who who are, are certainly going to come out on the, uh, break out on the scene. And I'm sure he's going to get plenty of offers in in the months. In years ahead uh, we'll see what happens will he camp at Penn State what, what kind of feedback do they get from that uh, how, how's he continue to progress physically I mean that's the main thing uh, moving forward because I think a lot of what we see there vision wise and, and things like that are, are look really good but long way to go let's 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 not overthink it but these are these are some good up and coming players that I, I think we'll be discussing quite a bit uh Bonner really, with that size and and you know watching his film he he, he really stands out.
1: Uh, so a question here in the chat re- relating to receiver recruiting. I didn't want to put it all on Nation Montgomery again, a, a top twenty twenty five guy. Peter Gonzalez is uh, currently committed to the Nittany Line, six foot two, two hundred pounds. Uh, David Greeter says we don't need five star wide receivers. Penn State needs the right stars. Godwin mid four star, Dotson three star, Hamler three star, Shorter of five star. Need the right guys and develop. He asks, can Peter be that right guy for this offense? What, what have you guys seen from Peter in his development so far this season? Um, I don't know if you guys have been following closely, but it, whoever has uh, taken this one and, and seen a little bit more uh, jump in here
2: unfortunately i was i was sent his film yesterday and i didn't get to it um so i'm a little ill prepared for this question but from what i've seen from him there's there's a lot to like we talked about the speed we talked about the athleticism that's out there coming off the knee injury and everything that's it it really hasn't changed all that much which is a good sign um, the, the downside there, a lot of go routes, a lot of just him yep. being straight up more athletic than the other guy across from him, which is great. You know, you, you, that's how you rack up numbers and stuff like that. But in terms of, I see somebody mentioned in, in the chat, the route tree and things like that, you just, you just don't know yet. So, um, it's, it's going to be one of those things where I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure where on the flip side, it's like Tysir Denmark, like I think can do all those things in terms of running routes and being quick and playing in the slot, playing inside out and doing all that stuff. But can he beat a guy deep? Is he fast enough to do that? I don't know. So you've got right. kind of the flip flop situations with both of those guys because I think Denmark, uh, you know, I, he's a, he's a high three star, I believe, with with on three. Um, I, I don't question the talent. Like I, I think that that's kind of where I'm at with Denmark. I think he he can be a phenomenal receiver um, in the mold of like what we saw. Uh, from some of those, I don't want to say specific names because I think it's it's unfair to the kid, but what we've seen from some of those smaller guys um, in the past that Penn State has brought in, it's just a matter of doing the right things, being focused and all that stuff. I think he would be the guy that I would likely turn to as the guy that could take that big step from, I think they're both 88s to playing like four stars, playing like mm-hmm. uh, potential high, high round draft picks, like things like that. Uh, I just don't know enough about Gonzalez's, like how well-rounded is that game. But then again, right. I'm going to check out that film a little bit later.
1: from what i saw this year you're spot on in terms of limited route tree run like basically it's a video game for him if it's bombs away or it's a short route i haven't checked in in a couple of weeks Uh, again i same situation i didn't get a chance to look at the film last night doing t frank's film room ryan um with this receiver position i guess to me the reason this is coming up by the way is because on the post game show talking about receivers and separation and somebody asked where's Where's Caden Saunders? And I made the point that Penn State's got a logjam of slot receivers. The whole Mm -hmm. point of this offense this year is putting Keandre Lambert Smith in the slot, which is where Caden Saunders lives himself. So, Peter, being a guy that plays on the outside, 6'2, physical, deep ball, I think the fit is important here as Penn State tries to restock the cupboard on outside guys in the transfer portal as well. So Ryan is, it, do you think that's a fair comparison between the two sure. and a separation between Denmark and, uh, and, and, uh, Peter.
3: Sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't, I can't really argue against that. I, I do. I do think it's funny. The one guy we skipped where we're talking about visitor lists this weekend was Sire Torrent, Sean, who was a five ten receiver right. <laughs> who, uh, you know, obviously kind of fits what, what Penn state already had Penn state. I will say real quick, just to mention yeah. him, he, they did, host a 2024 20, receiver this week. Like I said, Sire Torrance out of uh Christian brothers up there. And um, it was at Buffalo or Syracuse. One of those two yeah. uh, was previously committed to Michigan state. Doesn't hold a Penn state offer yet. Let's, let's see where things go. I mean, obviously they want to, I'm sure they have other targets. They're trying to, they're trying to hit on. And then, you know, if they, if they don't get much there, maybe it'll circle back on Torrance, but he is, he is a guy to keep an eye on. But uh, it like we said on Thursday, man, to me, it's all about the portal. This, this class isn't, Yeah, you could even if you get a somehow you get a, you know, Nick Marsh to flip or Chance Robinson, which I don't really see happening. What what are those guys going to be able to do next year with Aller? Uh, to me? This is going to be the most important position in the portal. It's going to be where they put the majority of their resources. I would think there's other positions of need, but this is this is the glaring hole and and we'll find out what in in, uh, December, January
1: i love when we have a perfect natural transition to talk about the game penn state versus indiana the nittany lions win the game dramatic fashion a 57 yard quasi walk-off touchdown from drew aller to keandre lambert smith so let's start with the offense and talk about how the the question after this the, the game was do one or two great plays make up for the constant Uh, halting presence of the offense of not really looking like they're in a good flow for most of the game. And then suddenly an interception and you rebound in an astounding way. Uh, Fitz, I know we talked off the top that you're a little more plused about this, but let's talk about drew specifically. What were your thoughts on his play during the game and how he, how he uh, projects forward or doesn't after that game
2: was a heck of a time for an interception, right? And a bad one at that, which is actually like, I, I wrote it after the game. I, I don't really buy into the, it's going to change his his whole mindset and everything. But like, you know, the more you think about it, it was like, hey, got it out of the way. We don't have to talk about it anymore, which is great. Um, but uh, yeah, he came back and and responded in kind. And I think that that's, you know, something that you've been looking for because you're looking at all the intangibles. You're looking at him before the snap. I know you ran down some blitzing that uh, Indiana did to try and keep him off balance and keep him confused. And they did a good job with that. And that's the kind of strides that he needs to make to watch that that type of film and to figure out where those are, things are coming from because he can help himself a lot. Like there's there's talking about, you're talking about yours, that you're talking about the offensive line, you're talking about the receivers. Drew can still help himself a lot with uh, with things that he needs to pick up, especially before the snap. So I think that that's the biggest thing that I look at coming out of this game is, yes, he, he stepped back, he made the play, it was down the field. We can talk about chucking it down the field, whatever. Um, but like he, he's done some some things over the course of the last, I would say two and a half quarters that like, you can see a little bit of growth there. And I know yeah. it's not like something that really just jumps off the page at you, but a, a couple of good things, a couple of good, um, you know, for example, he had, there was a situation where it looked like, you know, uh, it was, uh. Uh, the the one blitz that you see sing, that you singled out where they came off the short side instead of the field side and sort of confused him and uh, Katron Allen floated to the the field or flo- floated to the flat and. You would think watching the TV copy that you just throw it over the blitzer. You've got a, you've got a uh, completion there. It picks something up, but you didn't account for the safety coming in. He did. And he took the sack and that was a three yard sack that could have been a pick six. Like these are the little things that you saw um, breaking down T Frank's film room. I encourage you to check that out where, you know, you've seen the the decent little things and it hasn't all come together so far. And you can tell that with his feet his footwork, not going hand in hand with his head and his head, not going hand in hand with his arm. um, You know, that those are things that still need worked out, but you can see the wheel, you, the the hamster's running up there. You can see that. So I think that's a positive Um, with Drew. I still think, you know, uh, we, we've uh, (laughs) done a lot of hand wringing about, progressions in the last couple of years and he goes through those progressions maybe a little bit too fast sometimes and you know as a result he's not waiting for those guys not to come open but to to get in position to come out of that break and come open I think that's where you see a lot of the check down things so I think I think it's it's coming together I don't know if it's going to get there um, by the end of this season but I think a lot of it's coming together and and the response for the touchdown throw has to be you know just a, a weight lifted off the chest and you know sometimes that stuff does matter
1: yeah, one of the things I was really impressed with you can check out is it wasn't just that throw. They were more aggressive either because Indiana gave it to them or because they made a dead, they made a decision to do that, and that's one of the things I, I checked out today. Ryan, Um, you're – Let me we'll bring up quickly. two things real quick. Can I bring up two things yes, real quick? Yes, please. Have a break, I was going to beat the Allen. same horse, so I just – you take
3: it. Can we talk about Tom Allen running the ball three times and not going for a touchdown there? What was that? Like, were they yeah. just scared they were going to turn it over? Like, that shocked me. You had a golden opportunity, and they just played for the field goal. What was In, that? Indiana
2: Indiana ran off schedule extremely well. Like, they like got the third down, and they got to third and long, and Penn State – Pin their ears back. They went after it, and Indiana caught them like two or three times in the second half. And I'm pretty sure that's where that was going because if you do that and you don't get it, you still kick the field goal, and then that playing field evens when you go into overtime because yep. you just have to make one more play. So I think that, like, I can see the thought process. Obviously, I was talking to Zach Osterman from the Indy Star, and he's like, "I don't know why they wouldn't throw it. Like, the, this is your chance to, like." do the thing like uh, not, not wait until overtime. And I think there's arguments for both of that, but I can see why they wanted to catch them off guard. And to Penn state's credit on that third down, they did not let that, that gap in the middle, which was, you know, kind of glaring all day. Not so much because of the, uh, you know, the defensive tackles not holding up, but they were running stunts. They were running all these kind of things that, that Mm -hmm. really opened things up for Soresby. And you know, that it just wasn't there. So Penn state, like everyone's talking about Penn state or Indiana, uh, the the calls that they made and being conservative and everything like that. I think Penn State actually played it pretty well.
3: Gotcha. Just curious. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I spend most of the first half, most of the game, you know, working on recruiting things. So I don't watch every single play like you guys do. But obviously at the end of that, I'm I'm fully uh, watching every little detail. And that one just kind of surprised me there. I just, I think a lot of other coaches out there are way more aggressive in that situation. The other thing I want to bring up was that it was funny. You were talking about how drew goes through his progressions too fast sometimes i thought on the khalil dinkins touchdown he was too slow because he was just staring at nick almost the missed whole it. time and you gotta oh, yeah. take it's wide open over here i just thought that was yeah. that was funny i mean uh, that was like, for
2: 3 though so like mm-hmm. he did eventually get there and it, well, thank god he did because i couldn't imagine not talking about right. that um but uh yeah he did he did eventually get there he i think he was so convinced that nick was going to be open in the flat like yeah. i was too when he came in motion but uh yeah, I mean that's uh, the, the the processing there is either too fast, too slow, just nothing like nothing right on, which is which yeah. which kind of is happened. tough. To he's
3: young about. still. It, yeah, he's young. Yeah, if we're talking about this next November, that yeah, then then I think there's more credence to it. But it's I, I understand they're over halfway through the season, but he's yeah. still
2: it's just still ugh, this is still his first year playing big time football. Hold on, T Frank gave me a point, which means I made a good point. So T Frank, tell me what you were going to say.
1: Uh, just that uh, on that play one of the things I, I didn't get to I just that play was fascinating because there was nobody that had good communication in the secondary on either side Um, that Khalil Dinkins touchdown if you go back and you watch it they're trying to switch on Singleton and everyone takes Singleton and the guy who passed him off in man coverage just sits there and yeah. doesn't pick
2: anybody up which is like and, and he looked he looked right at him too like he just yeah. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it's like necessary roughness when the guy goes in motion and everybody goes with the guy in motion, and it just leaves everybody else. So yeah, that's that's my eighties movie reference for the week. See Frank, I'll just,
3: just a couple other things with Drew, I, and that I kind of hit on the yeah. top of the show. Like he did make some very good throws in that game. the The third and twenty throw to Aller, I thought was a great play. You know, it comes up, breaks, gets out of the pocket. You know, finds the line of scrimmage, is able to get it over to Aller. You know, when they really needed Singleton. a big play, they back out of a field goal there at the end. Uh, the, the, the throw to Keandre Lambert Smith where Keandre drops it, that was also in the second quarter, another really good throw there that, you know, Drew should get a lot of credit for. Uh, and the, you know, there were others too. I, I thought in the third, third quarter where he, and this isn't a throw, but he steps up, runs, gets the first down. I think it's on second and eight, I want to say 10 minutes or so to play. Like the, he, I did, I just felt like we did see some growth there, uh, and, and stuff that he's not getting enough credit for, I guess, because people are still just looking at numbers and 210 yards and they want to see bigger, flashier things. Uh, But I thought I saw a better quarterback than what I saw at some points. We're not uh, taking Ohio state out of it compared to some other earlier games.
1: So this is going to be my transition over into the run game. Robert Parker says, I think our play calling is the real problem with our offense. It's atrocious. Robert coming up uh, later today, I'm going to be talking, taking a look at the option plays in the offense and Where I think Penn State gets into a lot of dead looks, and it's not the play call. Shocker. Um, Another thing we're going to talk about, Joe Moorhead would never run an offense like this. I'm going to point out the exact things that Joe Moorhead did when he was here at Penn State. They're a part of the offense and show you where those things are short-circuiting. That's coming up. So make sure you check that out. But we're going to talk about the run game and the offensive line, that performance, because when you give up a bad pressure or you have a consistent problem, Hunter Norzad is a bum, according to the internet and everyone that has a keyboard. Going in and watching the game, and Fitz, I'm going to come to you this one because we agreed on this. There was one block that was just phenomenal. That I, I love Juice Scruggs. I don't think Juice Scruggs gets to this block last year. Uh, where Hunter is doing some really good things on the interior that you just don't notice because it's really hard to notice a single offensive lineman in there. So given the tapestry of all the things that he did better or worse than the public perception of him after the game,
2: it's hard to notice uh, a singular offensive lineman in the, in the grand scheme of things when he does it right. Like when he does it wrong, it's right there. Like, and you can see it and that's the, that's the issue with Norzad and you put it in the, uh, the in game threat. He's, hot and cold like he when he is playing well like he's, he's playing really well when he misses uh he misses and that's it's not good so uh you hate to see that with a uh such a veteran player like that but uh th- that reach block on the three tech that you singled out uh in your film room that's a pro play right there like that is yeah. a that is a real top of the line type thing um and it's just a matter of consistency throughout the game and the last two weeks it has been hit and miss as you said Uh,
1: Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on the run game and how it performed on Saturday? Um, given what you saw and kind of your impressions from a high level view,
3: I thought Katron Allen played his best game of the year. Do you guys think any thoughts on that? I, I, I just, yeah, I thought he ran really hard at times. I mean, do you, if you look at Delaware, UMass, take those games out of it. Um, I thought he came up. Just just fighting for extra yards. Which, by the way, give Nick Singleton a ton of credit on that touchdown, too. Uh, fighting for yards and getting in there. Most running backs are absolutely shut down there. But it's still and an he issue. he ended the
1: game. He What's ended that? the game on a nine-yard run on second down when everyone knew what was coming. Nick mm-hmm. Singleton ended the game on that run. I
2: mm-hmm. mean because so, was in, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um I mean look, it's still an issue 3.1 yards
3: per carry is is not is that, is that I think that's where they finished 3.1 uh per carry yeah. is, is something you got to be doing better against an Indiana team that came in last in, in the Big 10. And look, at this point I don't I don't see there being this you know everything clicks and everything changes. This is going to be an issue for the remainder of the year and it's going to be an issue against Michigan for sure. They they got to find ways to either scheme around it or or do something because uh, this is this is going to hold them back. And it's it's a shame with with such good running backs. I don't I don't know what the the issue is, whether it's play calling, whatever it may be. D. Frank, you've watched it more than I have, but I don't see this. If they weren't able to get it going against Indiana and Northwestern, I don't see how it's going to change.
1: Yeah, to me, it comes back to some of the option plays and, you know, the decisions the quarterback isn't making. I think there's opportunities to avoid some sticky situations. I do want to, I just for clarity's sake, I hate how college adds in sack yardage to the rushing total. Their total was 4.2. If you take that out. So I just wanted to make that point, but it is, you know, I I think if you're comparing like to like in college, like 3.3, when normally in college, you get better runs generally than in the NFL. Like you want your average to be five, five and a half, not, 4.2 Four point two. So either way, it's not good.
2: And and, um, and it's interesting to watch because there's, there's so much traffic there, and there it, it's almost it, I don't know. It, it it goes against logic because Allen and Singleton don't lose many yards, but they also don't gain many yards. Like there, there's like this, this little Nate would mention purgatory here, where you're at like three and a half per four yards per carry, and there's just nothing to it. It's it's very frustrating. And T Frank, you're the guy that that will you know nail down or try to nail down why that is but it's uh it's very fascinating to see the the lack of punch even with the 12 to 15. I mean Tank Smith got Penn State's longest run this year like that's what like what
1: this this is an area fits where I I genuinely don't have there's not an answer available on film because what a couple of the runs I point out is you have perfect run blocking absolutely perfect you get Katron Allen who's had his best day on the first carry of the third quarter to the safety, unharassed. And I watch them do this drill every single week on the offensive side. High knees through the trash at the offensive line. You plant, you make a cut, you make the safety miss, you get into the open field. They practice this. Jay Bon Sider's a good coach. I'm not gonna hear they're not being coached right. They're be they're just not doing it. And they're talented enough to do it. So I genuinely have no idea why two backs that are 225 pounds go down to so many ankle tackles, so many shoulders, three fingers on a shin, sometimes it feels like brings down Nick Singleton. I don't I don't have a good answer. I was talking to Nate about this in terms of like, is it body type? Is it running style? There isn't a good answer for why these guys, when they get the opportunity to be superstars, come up as good running backs. And it's no shame to say, but I don't know. I've watched enough to say, there's a problem. I have some theories, but I can't. Like It goes beyond the X's and O's in the scheme in those situations. One thing I want to get to here, because we do have to talk about the defense a little bit, um, Caden Wallace goes down early in the game, does not return, goes off under his own power, but we don't see him again. I had to do a little more digging. I, know, I think there might have been a situation with Vega as well, but definitely Caden. Concerns about that going forward, heading into... Uh, a very important two game stretch with drew Shelton at right tackle. What, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Ryan
3: is drew ready for that? I mean, he, he had good moments last year, but I don't know, has drew kind of taken the next step? Because I I will say, I thought Caden Wallace has taken the next step this year. And is he a lead or anything? No, but, but he certainly has improved, uh, especially after last year and especially two years ago. But, um, yeah, it would absolutely, absolutely be an issue, and and they can't lose Vega either, uh, because they need that, uh, they need that rotation in there. So we'll we'll see where things go. I, obviously, we're not going to know much about it, uh, James. Is, we'll we'll see where they're at on Wednesday. But yeah, it it would absolutely be an issue because Caden Wallace, I thought, has been playing some of his best football.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with Ryan there. I think Caden may have been Penn State's best offensive player against Ohio State, which is not saying anything, but like he's been better than people want to give him credit for. Um, he got rolled up on, I believe it was just before the punt that uh, hit the guy or the excuse me, was muffed. Penn State, Riley Thompson's incredible at creating, uh, creating yeah. big plays. Um, one of most, one of Penn State's most explosive players. Um, but, uh, he came out of the game, he walked to the sideline, got rolled up on, walked to the sideline, got checked out, went to the tent and he was still out there. Like he wasn't being, you know, he wasn't on crutches. He wasn't being, uh, you know, tended to by trainers the whole game. He was doing some balance drills, doing some things where you could see him trying to, to get loose and, you know, that could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. I don't, I, of all the things I am, a doctor is not one of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's concerning there. Drew Shelton came in, did, did okay. I mean, he wasn't anything that, uh. You would you know say it's an upgrade or anything like that, but uh, he did okay. Venga is interesting because I I, I, I am 100% sure this offense, you know, as that is at its best with JB Nelson and, and Wormley there at uh, at yep. guard. Just Venga has had some growing pains, he's done some nice things, but he's also like Norzad when he misses, you notice, and uh, that's kind of where he's been. He came off slowly, um, didn't really, I kind of lost sight of him, which is amazing considering he's just absolutely massive. Um, but uh. You know, offensive line you, you, you chip down depth I mean it comes down it's going to come down with Shelton and Andrew uh, Nick Dawkins excuse me uh two guys that they believe are you know they call starters um but uh that's certainly not not a place you want to be uh in late October especially with Michigan two weeks away
1: do we want to talk about the receivers because I feel like that might set off uh some sort of fire in the chat um We can move on to the defense if you guys want to move on to the defense we got a we got a couple minutes minutes left but i want to make sure that we get everything because you know once again mixed messages coming from from that side of the ball especially with um another wallace going down trey wallace going down in that game coming out in a sling that doesn't look good you know it's getting crunch time for the penn state offense and suddenly the injury bug hits for the first time this year of course as you guys have said, we won't get a ton of information about that. But let's move on to the defense. Let's talk about what you guys saw from them. Are you concerned about this as a letdown game for Penn State? Or is this just as fits? You said it. You have a bad week. They're allowed to have a bad week. They can't be lights out the entire season.
2: Hey, let's hope this is the letdown game. You know, If that's the letdown game, that's uh, still okay. Like you know, I know you, you don't want to give up 24 points to Indiana, especially the way that they did it. Communication errors. The secondary was, I don't want to say concerning, but like we're playing on a curve here when we're talking about the defense and the criticism for the defense because they've been so good this year. Um, you know, Kalen King has not been what we expected him to be. There are a couple of guys on that defense that, even though the defense is playing well as a whole, you know, you could still see that there's more ahead of them. Abdul Carter is one of them. Um, you've had some guys step up, deny Dennis Sutton, I thought was fantastic over the weekend. Um, they essentially played a two to three man rotation at defensive end. Um, I don't have the Zariah Fisher numbers off, offhand, but Adisa Isaac and Denai Dennis Sutton played a lot of football this weekend. So, um, so that was good to see. Um, oh, Indiana got the ball out quickly. So I'm not surprised that the sacks weren't there. Uh, It is notable. I don't know if it's surprising, but it's notable where the sacks are coming from and they're coming from the second and third levels, which is really fun to see. Like Daquan Hardy lighting that dude up in the red zone was pretty incredible. Um, It wasn't yeah. a situation where, um, you know, Indiana had a complete letdown, or anything. They chose to block someone. They chose to let him come off the edge, and that was the wrong choice. And you know, you're gonna you're gonna have plays like that. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's the thing. Like there's it, it was up and down, but considering where that defense has been all year, yeah, they they've earned a pass. I don't think there's any question.
1: Ryan, um, I think Sean nailed it. Uh, Kalen King, at this point, I think we can clearly say it's not a lack of work. He is not playing as well as he did last season. First off, you know, I know you look at the the PFF numbers specifically each week. Just can you give an idea for people that like those stats and like those things generally where he is this year and y- y- how, what do you think about how he's played so far?
3: Yeah. I mean, Kalen last year, oh, I wish I had it from him. Th- I think he finished with an 88, 87, maybe a 90 grade. I mean, it was, it was one of the, I think it was one of the best guys on the team. Maybe Chop was the top guy. I mean, right now his, his overall grade is below 60, which is a massive drop off. A massive drop off. It went that's an like elite level to uh, you know average, not even maybe a little below average. So now, what yep. does that mean? I'm not I'm not here to be Mr. PFF or anything, but just providing perspective of what they think. I mean that 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 is a that is a big difference there. So well, the issue, whatever it may be, I, I'm not the guy to to ask on that. You guys have watched way more Kaylin King than I have this year, um, but um it's certainly certainly an issue, and I'm and I'm very curious to see how it how it impacts. Uh, his draft stock long term but i'm really curious to see if he's able to rebound when it matters most against michigan here in two weeks and actually screw that against maryland this upcoming week because yeah maryland's maryland's struggling but uh you know you know they're going to come to play this week so uh if there's ever a time for for that the for that flip or that switch to flip uh it's this week
1: yeah it's i doubt with Kalen, it's a lack of confidence he seems to be a very confident person fits but like are you do, do you have a thought on pinpointing what the difference is between Kalen King this year and last year?
2: I don't really like I, I mean, we expected them to go after Johnny Dixon and expected them to go after Hardy because King was there, and their teams aren't doing that, so they're not, I don't want to say not scared of Kalen King because we, I think we've seen what he's capable of, but like they they're spreading the ball around more, putting more on him. And, and he's been left a little bit alone. So I'm thinking he's, you know, trying not to get beat deep and things like that, which is, you know, what could corners do, but we've seen him make breaks on those balls before. And it's just, it's just not coming as easily this year. So I, I don't, I don't have that. No.
1: Uh, we're going to talk about the run defense in the front here for a second. You guys touched on some of the stuff at defensive end, but if you got any questions in the chat, things you want to discuss at the end of the show, we'll have, Two or three minutes. So best question we're going to put up on the on the screen. Uh so just giving you a little bit of an advanced warning if you're here in the chat and you wanna get some question or something on the show. Lack of Chop Robinson. It felt like that was pretty noticeable in the game fits, where you didn't have not that they've been elite at containing running mobile quarterbacks, but not having there and providing pressure. Again, concern question mark or do you think that the guys were good enough that replaced him to ultimately get the job done in crunch time when you needed it?
2: Yeah, I think there's concern there. Like and, and I don't I don't know that it's the uh the pressure. Like Chop's been pretty good against the run this year and I think that that's where and I don't know if it's a whole defensive mindset or something like that. Penn State played up the field a lot this weekend and they typically don't do that when Chop is in there. So, I think that that, that is a concern knowing what's on the schedule ahead of you. Um, you know, you'd like to go down to to Maryland and, and get ahead, but how many times have we said that this year about opponents you'd like to go down and, and, and do that? Yeah. Um, but I'm specifically looking at Michigan with the the running game that they're going to bring to the table. Uh, you know, you, we we talk about Chop as a as a guy that gets off the ball, rushes the passer, and everything like that. But he's been he's been better against the run this year, and I think it, that's that's the I think that's probably where they missed him the most on Saturday.
1: Uh, Mobile quarterbacks seem to be a problem for every defense, but um, you mentioned J.J. McCarthy's left on the schedule, what we saw from this defense with Soresby. Ryan, extra concern, or do you think it's just going to be they'll get those guys back and it'll be more of a straight-up, you know, performance from the Penn State defense going forward?
3: Well, one thing that kind of grabs my eye is the, between the last two games they played as many i'm talking about a and deny excuse me they played as many snaps the last two games as they almost did the first the previous four games combined uh which real I mean they absolutely they played more than the three previous and then i think illinois yeah. each had around 30 or so so it it long story sure they played about 85 percent of the first four games combined in, in the last two games so getting chopped back yeah we'll see if it's this weekend but do they have to play another forty-plus snaps against against Maryland? Because if they do, they're going through. You know, we're talking about 130 snaps in three games leading into the most physical team you're going to play this year. So that's that's the big thing that kind of is standing out to me. You, you brought up Zariah, Sean. He played just 19 snaps in, in this past yep. game. the other two, were both over 40. So to me, that's the big. That we know the Adisa and Denai are going to play well, but do they wear down because they have to just overextend themselves for three weeks and then again? you're playing the most physical team um, on your schedule here, November 11th. And that's, that's just not a recipe you want. If chop can't make it back.
1: Uh, where does deny fit into that picture after a game winning uh, sack, fumble, yakety sacks into the back of the end zone fits, you Did know, you was see that- them
2: put yakety sacks to that. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> also, yeah, you said walk off touchdown. You have to credit the walk off safety. Cause that's what, yep. that's what really ended the game. Hey, man, that kid's a player like he is uh, he does everything right in terms of approach and things like that. And he's he's not the freak athlete. He's not as quick off the ball as chop or Adisa, but he is a he's a monster in training. And he's uh, one of those guys that you can really, I think, rely on over the next year or so. So, yeah, he's uh, I was I was happy to see that because, you know, you you never want to see. Injuries you never want to see one or two. Even a mean Vanover. Van, Vanover, by the way, was was dressed and he warmed up, which is a good sign considering his leg went the other direction against Ohio State. Never like to see that, um, but uh, you know I think getting him back would would be a big big step because he would be their number three without Chop. But uh, deny yeah, I think he's he's on schedule. He's doing some really nice things, and he's he's he brings it, man. He you, you want to talk like he's got the physical gifts. Like again, he's not the he's not going to come out and run a four three at the combine or four four at the combine, but he is massive and he brings it every play. He's a high motor guy. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see from a guy that was, you know, ranked as high as he is. Um, he's, he's taken, taking it to the next level.
1: Yeah, I I love the work he's done to work on his weaknesses too. You know, and it, it was a five star, but not a guy without flaws. All players have flaws, but he has worked and been aware and humble enough to accept the coaching. I think still work to be done there, but you see when it matters, it, able to get pressure, get that sack, and uh, and seal the game for the Nittany Lions and, and be I overwhelming. The li-
2: like that's the thing. Like yeah. it, it's one thing to to slip off and and you know come unblocked or something, but he was he overwhelmed the tackle, he made the play, and then. Yakety sacks. Q yakety sacks. It was fantastic. <laughs>
1: um, I guess let's get this question. I promise we get one question. Uh, we, we talked about the offensive line and the perception versus the reality. And Chase, if you were here for that, I, I think we answered the second part of your question. Uh, The first part of the question, how would you guys rate Phil Troutwine? How do you think he has done... You know this is the recruiting show so from an all-encompassing perspective of performance of the offensive line and the recruiting side of things ryan h- how do you think he's done so far uh with with this team and do you think that this has been a corner turn this year for the offensive line or is it still not good enough
3: uh i mean from a recruiting perspective the last two years i think have been very good right i mean how many times have we talked about over the years Penn State gets one or two four stars a lot of mid-range three stars i mean last year it was four straight four stars. Um, And so is the O-line perfect? No, but I mean, I don't think, how are they not, I feel like they're not substantially better, but they're absolutely better than what they were uh, in previous years. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't look at like we, what was the tap? Maybe like two weeks ago on the message board, you know, people were being, were being, you know, asking questions. Was it two weeks ago? Maybe it was after Ohio state. It was after Ohio state probably but like i to me i think there's a way better chance of other schools trying to get trout Line than like penn state needing to make a change there i feel like that's 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 one of their positions that they're pretty good at i mean are they are they perfect no but i would say they're b b plus now where they used to be what c maybe maybe i d at times uh i don't to me i don't think that's a position that they yes they can improve o lines always going to get uh micro manage or, or fans are going to uh, critique it harder than other positions,
2: but I don't know. I, I see improvement there over the last couple of years.
1: Fitz, it looks like you really want to jump into this conversation.
2: So it reminds me of my conversation uh, with Tyler Bowen a couple of years ago and Tyler shout out Virginia tech, a nice win uh, over Syracuse the other night, put up a bunch of points. He's the OC now it was, it was before it was in that little purgatory between um uh lime grover and trout wine and we were talking i'm like so like because he was an offensive line coach at maryland then he took the the tight ends job at penn state i said hey any interest he's like bleep no like there's no like that is a position like the offensive line coach position is a is a position that's set up for failure like because of the way the game is played today because Average offensive lines are considered good offensive lines. Like that's where we're at in terms of the scale and playing against those monsters that those guys go up against. So that is a position that is rigged for failure essentially. And like, I think Penn state has been okay. Like they haven't been, Overwhelming, They haven't been like Joe Moore award winning or anything like that, but there are very few offensive lines that are sort of in that realm. And uh, yeah, I think Troutwine's okay. Like, I think it's going to be a situation where they continue to do what they go. They're going to replace a top 10 draft pick at the end of the season. So that's going to be a challenge. They're going to replace yeah. uh, Northad's going to be gone. Wormley's uh, out of eligibility, uh, or I, I guess Wormley would still have a year to come back if he chose and then Wallace is out of eligibility I believe. So like they're going to have to turn over and replace a lot. So like that's going to be something that's going to be testing for an offensive line coach. But yeah, I think he's I think he's okay. And it's I also I'm that. also not a fire the guy. Like I'm not a fire somebody every time no. something goes wrong guy. So like I I just can't relate with with that.
3: Like yeah. I have faith, for sure. like
2: Anthony Donko. Like he's Anthony Donko is going to be a good player. Like obviously we
3: got to yep. throw him out there and see what happens, but um I think I think some of these young guys are going to step up and impress I do
1: so I just want to get a couple of thoughts in here then we'll get your final thoughts heading into the week Um, you look at progress from players of individual situations Caden Wallace getting better as a pass protector here this year that's meaningful growth from a guy late in his career who didn't show it and then did this year Olu in the run game has decidedly gotten better You have to be open and able to take the teaching. You guys just mentioned Anthony Donko, a dude who had very little awareness in high school, coming in and knowing the details. That's on him working hard and being smart. It's also on the transfer of knowledge. These are all specific examples of players getting better under Phil Troutwine, but the end result can't be the judgment of the offensive line coach. Again, check out the film room of the perfectly blocked run plays that go for nine yards. That's not their job is not to beat the safety. Their job is to get the running back to the second level. So we can have a conversation about that later, but check that out. So guys, that, that's my last piece Fitz, final thoughts for us.
2: I, I like the idea of getting juice back from the NFL to fix the offensive line. That's, uh, that's been <laughs> one of my favorites so far. So I appreciate that. We've got an Escobar gif, uh, Jeff, sorry. Um, but I also think that the point that KJ makes about me being definitely right is, is a good one as well.
1: All right. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Any thoughts?
2: Big game this week. I know Maryland's down,
3: but this is not when you want to play them. <laughs> Three straight losses. Uh, they're going to be hungry. This is going to be similar to Indiana, man. They're going to be coming in pissed off. Uh, or I guess not coming in. Penn State's going down there. But uh, big one, man. This is this was the trap game I think a lot of people had circled. And, and now it's a very interesting moment uh, with, with Maryland. You know, trying to keep their season alive, really, and this a win over Penn State would potentially do that. But we'll see. Penn State's kind of not limping the last couple weeks, but not playing their best. Maryland's really not playing their best, but uh, throw that out in this game. This will be a fun one. That last one got
2: me too. That was pretty funny.
1: (laughs) In the comments here.
2: I mean, it, they, they're going to get they're going to get Maryland's best effort, um, whether they can do that. I mean, they, they can score points, man. They can score points. And that's the that's yep. been the, the thing for Penn State is to I know they've, they've averaged a lot of points, but like when it matters, like that's it's going to be interesting. But uh, that last comment was pretty funny. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: we will uh will be covering it all week long james franklin's weekly press conference coming up moments after it ends live replay here on the blue white illustrated youtube channel we're also going to have more on indiana but we're turning the page to maryland as these guys just said it's a big week so make sure you subscribe get over to the site and get all the information thanks to sean fitz ryan snyder for coming on with me and thank you for everyone in the chat being awesome today even including michigan fans who were non-toxic in their uh in their ribbing of fans so love that we'll be back with more we'll talk to you
0: then
1: Plus